Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. That one one way to humble yourself is to kind of take a bigger picture and realize you never actually did anything yourself. If that makes sense. Hey everyone, welcome to Attentive Fatherhood on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Bradley Hasemeyer. Each week, I bring you honest and hilarious conversations with men from all types of backgrounds. But at the end of the day, we all just want to be better dads. Hey, attempters, question. What is it like to be so passionate about dad life that you would sell your house and put your family of five in an RV to tour the country and talk to fathers? Only Townsend Russell from 100% Dad can answer that one. But first, hey guys, happy April. Spring has sprung, right? Georgia's getting warmer, sunnier. The grass is getting greener. Things are looking good. I'm enjoying it. It's kind of a cold day today, but I know it's going to get better. Uh, What's been happening with you guys? I got a tattoo a few weeks ago. Thought I'd share that little bit of information. I already had one on my left arm on the inside, kind of near the bicep, my bicep, not just the bicep. It's uh, It was kind of a tribute to our foster daughter, Ashley. It says, C's Juan, or C'est Juan. There it is, C'est Juan. Uh, it's French, means June 16th. That's the day she graduated from high school. It was a huge deal for her to make it through all the adversity that she was facing. And in fact, Kirsten and Ashley both got the same one too, which is really cool. This time... We decided to get a Roman numeral X, I say we, Kirsten and myself, to mark 10 years of marriage, which was actually last year. I posted a picture on my Instagram at BHAZ, B-H-A-Z. You can go check it out there if you're into tattoos or whatever. We were actually going to do it last May, but evidently even small tattoos can't get submerged in water for a few weeks. And you got two kids out of school for the summer. In Georgia, it's hot, and they were not going to just let me sit on the sidelines for a month while they played in the pool. Also, Loic can't swim. Ellis was really just becoming a better swimmer, so that was just out of the question. So we waited a while, finally got it done, and I love it. Uh, I think, I don't know, I don't know what your thought is on tattoos, but as I get older, I really like this idea of permanence. It becomes more powerful in my life, this idea this is forever. This is on my skin forever, which I was actually telling myself, forever is not all that long. <laughs> if you're 20 and you're looking at getting a tattoo, yeah, really think about it and go for I'm 40. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, I mean, I hope I live to be 100, but still, that's like 20 years that I didn't have to worry. About. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. I don't know how you feel about ink, but I'm I'm really digging it. All right. This week, I'm chatting with Townsend Russell. He's the creator of 100% Dad. I don't know if you follow these guys on Instagram or, or you're on their subscription newsletters or whatever, but their whole mission is to bring wisdom and encouragement to dads. I actually found him on Instagram. I follow a lot of dad accounts, and of course, Instagram suggests others. And I noticed right away, this account was different. Most of the dad accounts out there, right, they have memes, they have dad jokes, and those are great, and I love them, and I follow all of them, and it's great. But you can really tell that Townsend has a focus on practical advice and thoughts that get you, I don't know, well, thinking, <laughs> thoughts that get you thinking, which they do a good job. It's uh, it's these little bite-sized posts. You can think about it. You can think on it. You can talk to other people about it. And I love that. All right, some dad stats real quick. He's 35. He's been married for 15 years. Yeah, do the quick math. That's getting married at 20. Maybe you got married at 20, but not me. That was 10 years before I did. They have three boys. 11, 8, and 5. And someone asked me the other day, they said, Bradley, because that's me. 
they said, how come you do dad stats? What's the point of that? And I said, I think it's to give dads who are listening like yourself, some element at the beginning of like, oh, I can relate to that. Maybe you got married. Maybe you don't even have kids, but you got married young. Or maybe you have kids that are in that 11, 8, 5. You're talking about Roblox and social media, or you know, maybe you've got young kids and you can relate to somebody who's got young kids. So I like having that in there just so you can relate as well. At the time, Townsend was on the road, which I guess actually is where he will be all the time now. They sold their house and he and his family of five have crammed themselves into an RV. And he's like, look, this is an RV, but it's not like like big time RV. So it's very small. I think he said 500 square feet, something like that. That's not very big. Either way, he was in his RV and you can watch some of the interview. You can see some of his RV on our Instagram page at Attempting Fatherhood. And of course, YouTube as well. All the links to that as well as to 100% Dad are in the notes below. So check them out. Not now, you're driving or you're you're cutting the grass or you're working out, whatever. Keep doing what you're doing. And then when you're done, go to the notes. With Townsend, we talked about him starting the brand, why he picked the name, spoiler, not his first choice. And this was really interesting about his dad who left Townsend when he was only like three weeks old and how as Townsend has gotten older, he's found the the positive aspects to his father that he really wants to pass on and, and how that was hard at first for him to separate frustration with this man who, who wasn't around, but, but then being able to find things that he did like, which I thought was really cool. Okay, but enough about me. This week, let's hear how Townsend Russell is attempting fatherhood. Well, first off, welcome to the show, Russell Townsend. Thank you. <laughs> Hundred uh, percent dad. Uh, it's a great name. I'm glad it's not ninety percent dad because that ten percent, you just wonder what what else would that be? Was there ever a thought of like hundred and ten percent dad? One hundred percent dad was like my thirty seventh choice of name. Just the other thirty six <laughs> were taken already. So, oh no. What was your What was your ultimate? Uh, so really, it's a platform and a brand. So I wanted something like Dad Life or uh, you know some variation of that. Um, and I even tried to buy it. I reached out to a couple of them that had platforms that had names that had, you know, trademarks or copyrights. And I was like, Hey, you're not using it. Like, you haven't posted anything anywhere since, you know, three years ago. Um, and everyone I reached out to was like, no, we got big plans for it. I'm like, all right, sure you do. Do you though? <laughs> do you though? No, they yeah, don't. Right, I'm well, sure if I looked right now, they still aren't doing squat. Well, uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, I, I found you on Instagram because uh, Instagram knows what I like and they served me up some, uh, you should check this guy out. And I was like, I should. I love the account. I love the the whole kind of ethos uh, of 100% Dad. Seems like it's, let's encourage dads. Let's get behind dads. Let's promote dads, essentially. Could you explain a little bit about what that is and then how you came to it. And then we'll start talking dad life in terms of your own uh, actual dad life. Sure. hundred percent. That's a platform for dads. Uh, you know, 100% of the content is meant for dads. Um, you know, we have a long-term vision that is very much different than what it is now. Uh, right. Cause right now it's just me. Uh, we are hiring uh, currently so we can kind of help with the content side of it. Uh, but the whole, the whole, theme of it can be boiled down to one line, which is our tagline of uh, we provide encouragement and wisdom for dad. So, you know, the content we put out, we want to be a little nugget of information or a a little nugget of encouragement in the dad space. And, you know, that's going to apply to single dad sometimes, married dad sometimes, um, you know, dad of girls, dad of boys, dad of teenagers, dad of babies. So the content varies. Um, We just wanted to be a father platform. Uh, 
you know, because I had stuff to say about the subject and I can say it now and I can, you know, travel and, and do that. And that, that's the greatest reason to ever do anything is because <laughs> I wanted to. And so I did. And it's been an interesting experience to say, uh, I really like business. Like it's something that's a bit of an obsession for me. It's um, uh, probably an addiction for me. And I also like my family. And it's, there's, a, there's, <laughs> You know, as an entrepreneur, there's a struggle to the, the balance, um, and you never really get a balance. You just kind of have like an ebb and a flow to it. Yeah. Uh, and I found a way to do both of them now. Of course, this really isn't a business yet. This is more of a money sucking mission. I think we've got like three or four hundred <laughs> grand into it, and we we haven't made a single dollar. This uh, is your one day we'll pyramid try. scheme. That's just internal. It's just like let, just I just keep yeah. putting money into it, and one day it's going to pop, and I'll get the Cadillac, and I'll be working from the beach. You know, we really want to do um, a dad conference. Um, we're going to try and kick one off this fall. What What was it about the dad space that you felt like? Uh, was was lacking. I mean, clearly there are, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you're the key that fits the whole thing, so don't feel that pressure, but what was it that you kind of identified in that space and you felt like, you know what, I feel like dads need X, Y, and Z, and here's why. In the dad space, in the mom space, there's tons of encouragement. There's tons of different forums. And if you're a mom and, you know, this vertical, then, you know, you've got a support structure, you've got information, uh, you've got people that have your back. Um, they're also incredibly vicious on the mom stuff too, <laughs> but you know, cause if they disagree, say, when they disagree with each other, they're, they're pretty mean, but they are on the, <laughs> the father stuff too. Um, most of the father stuff I found, um, was a subsection of the mom stuff. It was kind of like an afterthought, a little bit of, uh, here's some dad stuff. Um, or, uh, the dad stuff was based on comedy, uh, or sports. And it was kind of right. playing into that dads are idiots kind of theme of, of here's right. jokes. Let's make fun of it. Um, huge followings. I mean, if we switched to that, we'd, we'd be millions of followers overnight. If we just, you know, uh, made fun of dads and poked, poked fun and made jokes and all that kind of stuff, it'd be, it'd be an easy growth method, uh, because entertainment is, is what attracts eyes and, uh, and attracts attention in today's age. And that's just a reality. So we wanted to be more informative, uh, more encouraging, more uplifting, because there really just wasn't that content out there. You had a little bit in the man space, um, you know, a, f- a few out there that are encouraging men to embrace masculinity and kind of step back up into that role. Um, you have a few out there in the marriage space of you know, husbandry, but, uh, you know, I couldn't find any in the fatherhood space. And, uh, you know, I, I really felt there deserved to be. And it's a space that's really grown, like you said, since 2020. Uh, it's really grown the last couple of years. And that's a good thing. You know, the bigger the space is, the better. You know, I'm I'm all for there being, you know, 100 million of these things and lots more podcasts and, you know, other conferences and other personalities in the space. Because uh, the more it gets talked about, the, the bigger it gets. Uh, a, the better it's going to be for us as well. Um, and the better it's going to be for, you know, communities as a whole. Because that's how powerful I think fatherhood is and how impactful it can be. So how long have you been doing this? We, we, we started touring in May of 2020. Um, so that's really when we, we got serious about it. Um, and then the months leading up to it, uh, you know, we had gotten more active on social media. Uh, and, you know, we were stoked because I grew that Instagram platform from zero followers to like 200 and something, you know, over the course of like six months. And I'm like, man, yeah. the fact that 200 people are, are you know, that I don't know are, are following and listening and engaging with us. This is so cool. Um, yeah. And I was really excited about it. In fact, I was going to, my first plan was I was thinking about, you know, how can we grow, you know, kind of get into that entertainment side, you know, 
maybe I'll like, because uh, I was growing my hair out because my wife said I was going bald. So, you know, as my act of rebellion, I just grew it out the great. Like, Jesus length. Great, um, great. I was like, maybe I'll just shave my head uh, or, you know, cut my hair or something. When we get to, when we, I, I think my first thought was when we get to a thousand followers. I'm like, that'll be my incentive, like for people to follow. Yeah. Uh, and then it was, after we got to a thousand, I had never put that. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll do that for like the 10,000 follower mark. And um, I never did. And we got past those and I'm kind of <laughs> thankful for it. So we haven't, we haven't resorted to those tactics yet. Not yet. There's still plenty of time though. You still got time. Well, no, I cut the hair. Oh, it's, it's gone. It's gone. I, I, yeah, oh, yeah. I hated it. I hated long hair. Um, yeah. I know a lot of guys have it and they love it. And it's like, you know, I, I know different cultures, uh, take right. hair length as like a sign of masculinity and strength. I couldn't yeah. stand it. It was always like, it was always getting pulled, especially with little kids. Oh, right. You know, that was a right. tug of war kind of thing. And it just gets accidentally yanked. I was pulling it like while I was sleeping, you know, I have to, <laughs> the, the showering process is all that much more difficult. Um, you know, then I'm like having to start to using the same tools my wife uses in the bathroom. <laughs> I got to like brush my hair. I got a product in my hair. I got actually right, shampoo right. and conditioner. I got to start putting this thing in a ponytail so it stays yeah. out of my face. Um, You're like, I'm yeah, done. So I, I'm I was not. done with that. Um, all right. I want to get into your dad's stats. I noticed you have three boys. Uh, how long have you been married? And uh, obviously three boys. What are their ages? Uh, ages are 11, 8, and 5. Married a while. 15 years-ish. Um, 15. That's great. I'm not exactly sure. Well, yeah, I have that to counts. I can do the math on that. When, when the anniversaries get close, I kind of, I try and figure it out. <laughs> try to remember. We also that. have like, we also have like 37 different anniversaries. So it's hard to remember which one counts as which time. <laughs> what are I mean, you, what do you mean? So like we got married in secret first. Um, so we got legally married. Uh, then we got married. Like then we had the wedding. That's when everyone else kind of knew, like our parents knew, but no one else. Um, and we did it in like a different city that way. Like it didn't get published in the newspaper and people didn't figure it out. Cause we were teenagers. So it was, yeah. you know, we didn't want it to be scandalous. Um, and so you were, from how, small you were town, like it would have been. 19. How old were you? I, th- I, see. I would have just turned 20, like well, within wow. a month. And so she still would have been 19 or 18. One of the probably 19. Okay. And then uh, that's, that's kind of a natural progression into like, were you always like, I can't wait to be a dad. We're going to have a hundred kids. Or was it kind of like, uh, we'll just kind of see what happens. Or how was, how was that when you guys got married? 100%. Uh, we, we, we got married young cause we were both on the same page. Uh, we really kind of knew what we wanted in life. We were kind of too, um, I don't know if I'd say mature, but to a certain extent, kind of mature souls. Um, yeah, and yeah. we kind of had, we kind of planned a future together. It did, it did not go the way we thought it was going to go, but you know, we had talked <laughs> it about rarely kids. We does. Talked, yeah. We, I mean the, the, the broad strokes, you know, were good. You know, we, we wanted to get married and not get divorced. Like we didn't want to be great, you know, a divorce household. We wanted to raise kids together. Um, have kids cool. relatively young, um, not have kids when we're older. Um, you know, we wanted to have multiple kids. I think the discussion was always three or four, but we'll kind of see how it goes. And, you know, what if we can't have kids was the talk. And then, you know, we'd, we'd be open to adoption, um, yeah. you know, things like that, you know, boy, girl, you can't really control, but we, you know, we always thought we'd have, a, you know, a boy, a girl, and maybe another boy or girl, and then maybe, maybe two boys, two girls, you know, that always be, you know, the kind of the dream yeah. scenario, 50, 50, instead yeah. we had three boys. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So, it's we, we were on the same and we handled money well together. Like we were cool. both like very money conscious. Like we both had savings and uh, didn't spend a lot and like didn't care about, um, didn't Flashiness. care about doing what's cool and trendy. Yeah. Just yeah. like that stuff didn't matter to us. 
Um, and we just didn't waste money just to be, to keep up, you know, in high school terms. Right. I don't know what that would be, but you no know, grown up terms is keep up with the Joneses. I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform and to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. Now, a lot of people, of course, face pressures to change themselves, to fit other people's expectations. And the reality is the more freeing solution is to find what works for you, right? That's what Attempting Fatherhood is all about. What works for you? Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible. It focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work toward a goal at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, which obviously is extremely helpful, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. Listen to this. 75% of Noom Weight users finished the program and more than 60% of the users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. That's a big deal. So start building better habits for healthier, long-term results. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash believe. Again, that's noom, N-O-O-M, dot com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. All right, back to the show. Especially, I would say, with what you have done and what you're doing, I would say that's probably one of the most vital aspects to success is you and your wife being on the same page on so many things. I, I, the, the longer I'm married, the, yeah, the longer I'm married, the more I see that in other couples that's it's lacking and how tense that can be and how frustrating that can be and just so grateful. I was literally talking to my wife last night about it, just that we're on the same page with so many things Life is already hard enough and there's so many other things pulling at you and like, I don't know, should we move and should we do this and should we invest like, you know, invest in this or whatever. And to be on the same page there and not have to worry about that is like, what a what a blessing and, you know, an invaluable asset to your own personal life that is. Which is why most people that are in the marriage space, like so hard push pre-marital counseling, like talk with somebody, talk with the pastor, go to actual like counseling sessions read the same books, like, because it, it fosters that communication. Yeah. Um, and it gets you on the same page. You might learn, um, that you're really, it doesn't seem like you're compatible, but that's kind of like not the end game. It's, it's really, like you said about the communication, it's nice to know, like, you know, you know, religion, kids, that kind of stuff can be, can be deal breaking sometimes yeah. like, Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm diehard Christian, you're Muslim or Jewish or whatever. And you know, both of you are diehard and, yeah, that could be hard to make happen, and, right? And that could create problems. So you really have to discuss, like, okay, are we just going to bring them up in both, and like appreciate the good sides to both of these, or that that becomes a very like a just a very much a thing you have to talk about. Um, uh, but it's a communication because I mean, we I've met people with different faiths that are married and raising their kids fine. Just they've talked about it and they figured out how they're going to raise a child in this, and um, you know, two people who are exactly the same don't probably shouldn't necessarily get married you know i get in trouble for saying it every once in a while but two people that are alike you know one of them's unnecessary it's redundant yeah yeah Uh, we can complement each other with our different perspectives you know it's that communication i think in the long run of being able to sit down and talk out differences and work through things together as a team 
And one of those great visuals is like, hey, if we have a problem, we don't sit at the dining room table like mom across from dad and like fight about this problem. We kind of sit on the same side of the table Mm -hmm. next to each other and say, hey, this is the problem. That's great. Let's get at this together. And it's just, you know, that ability to work through those things is, I think, what really helps in relationships. Yeah, that's an awesome little tip right there. Is that something that came up through therapy for you guys or just through life or, you know, that that concept of that, physically being next to each other and that? That that visual, um, that perspective was a podcast I did with, uh, it was in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, the guy's name was The Tattooed Husband on Instagram. Oh, that's funny. Um, I'm from Knoxville, so I don't know why. I, oh, don't, yeah. I don't know Tattooed Husband. I'll have to look him up. Yeah, so his Instagram page is is mostly like coffee. Mostly coffee. Coffee, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Christian look him faith, up right and now. something this else. This is happening yeah. right now. But I, I was gonna, we were going to be in Knoxville on tour, and I was like, I somehow I stumbled across him. I'm like, hey, I see you're in Knoxville. He's like, yeah. Well, I can do a podcast. He's like, all right. <laughs> so like, so okay, I went over cool. to his house, and we recorded a podcast. Uh, he's got a few kids, and... Uh, interesting business. We had a fun little podcast, but um, that was something that was something that they do as a couple uh, because every relationship, especially a marriage, like to think you're going to have that fairy tale Disney style, perfect relationship. We're going to be happy all the time is such a fallacy. It's not true. That couple that you think is awesome, whether it's a celebrity couple or just on the outside at, you know, in your social circle or in the community or at church, they have problems. They have fights. Like, and, and sometimes it gets real bad and real ugly and real nasty, but they work through those things. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the real key. Not that we'll never have problems that we're willing to work through these problems. hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, I, I want to get into a little bit about kind of where your your passion for fatherhood comes from and in, in getting into that question of, you know, what what was your dad life like, like in terms of your father to you? Uh, what is something you had growing up that you love that you've, you're incorporating into your fathering? And and then what is something maybe that was absent or was present that you didn't want that you were kind of actively leaving out, especially because you got married so young? Yeah. So my whole life, I've been looking for that father figure that I ultimately wanted. Um, okay. And did so, you, I mean, if you really, if you, you really got into it, or I did, okay, I did. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll dive into it a little bit. Yeah, as um, much I, as you so want. I, to I, I, yeah, I try not to. So he's still living, still yeah. involved. So I, I try not to crap on him too much. Totally. Because uh, he's sensitive and he'll take it personally. Well, look, I've um, learned that people <laughs> don't know what they don't know. And for the most part, people are doing the best they can. It's just, oh sure. Unfortunately, that isn't always the level that we would want. And when you when you talk about um, anybody who has had an influence in your life, um, there, there's positive and negative aspects to everybody. Um, and so, you know, that's something we put out there and post before. If like examine that relationship with your father, and uh, you know, find the things he did well, and try and replicate those, and find the things that you really disagreed with. And, you know, very actively try and not replicate those and talk about those with your family, especially your spouse, so that you can be held accountable. Because inevitably, we were raised a whatever way we were raised, and some of those things are going to pop up and come to the surface, whether we like it or not. Yes. And to be held accountable if we're trying to make a change there is really a key aspect. But so a lot of the good things my dad did... um, uh, one, they, they divorced when I was like two weeks old. So you just froze the relationship with him was, yeah, I'm here. Oh. I can hear you. It's not freezing on my end. Uh, 
Um, yeah, we were just kind of talking about, you know, what your, what your kind of advice was, which is along the lines of one of the questions I always ask my dads, which is, you know, what was it from, from your childhood that you're hanging on to that you loved and what is something you're getting rid of? And so I was curious kind of from your own experience, um, what that is for you guys. Yeah. So, so my relationship with my father isn't perfect. Like we have a relationship. It's just not, um, it's not anything close or something like that. So he, he, I think divorced my mom when I was a baby. I think, you know, the story's always been that he left at like one or two weeks old, something like that, maybe three weeks. Uh, just Wow. Yeah, super Real young. Super young. Um, and I had an older sister at that point, too. Um, but he was always kind of around. Uh, you know, we kind of did like every other weekend kind of stuff. Uh, and I just, I was so young okay. at that point. Like the, the divorce didn't really like, it didn't tear me apart or anything. I just, I never knew that life. Um, it was always... You know, right, it was, right. It was weird to me when someone lived with their mom and dad. I just, I thought that was a strange thing. My normal, <laughs> right? Sure, uh, sure. Was not that. So, I try and be careful in the way I um, characterize him because he is still alive. I'm sure he follows this content. Yeah. Um, and so I try not to shred him or anything. Um, you know, because he would. Yeah. He would take that personally. It would hurt his feelings. Um, uh, but it's kind of it, it is what it is also at the same point so he, he was there are good aspects to him and, and so I've been like really happy and successful in life and um, I can have quite the ego um, and quite the hubris and I you know I really get high on myself um, and so one of the things one of the things I learned was uh, that one one way to humble yourself is to kind of take a bigger picture and realize you never actually did anything yourself if that makes sense. The people, you know, Ooh, the, books you, good. The, book, yeah. the books you read gave you the ideas in the business. You know, your philosophy on certain aspects of business and life came from somewhere, you know, came from church, came from a mentor, came from a book, came from a TV show, or yeah. some piece of content you absorbed. Um, so a lot of people have had an impact in my life. And even those negative things, you know, when you have the chip on the shoulder, when you have the motivation to prove someone wrong, because mm. someone wronged you, they disrespected you, you know, that motivation helped you become who you are, helped you gain those successes and to hold on to that resentment and be mad at people for so long when the fact that they disrespected you helped you become the person you are today, um, you should almost be thankful. Wow. You should almost be thankful that they gave yeah. you that disrespect right. chip on your Way to flip it. Yeah. That was your motivation. That was your drive. Um, and so I, I try and keep that perspective. And then I've had a lot of father figures in life in my life. My own father uh, my stepfather. Um, I've I've lived with a friend, and there, you know, kind of took on uh, other people's dads as a dad or as a male influence. And I think my whole life, yeah, I've yeah, been, sure. My whole life, I've been trying to find like the perfect male role model or father figure, and I never found that. Uh, and so that's something yeah. I, I I still strive to be. But in all of those guys, there were good things and there were bad things. You know, with my father, he was um, he very much taught us, you know, how to be independent. Um, and how to take care of yourself, how to kind of not care about other people's nice. opinions, how to give your best effort in certain things. Uh, and then there was a lot of negative aspects that uh, uh, <laughs> we learned that were not good. Um, yeah. That I don't think I'd really, yeah. I'd really want to get into. But uh, yeah, you know, th there were there were good things and bad things. And so I try and replicate the good th things that he did, and I try and make sure we intentionally. Uh, make an effort both my wife and I that I don't get into the position to where I'm kind of acting like him in other aspects if that makes sense
Yeah, yeah, totally. I've, I've always tried to be the best version of all these influences in my life. Um, and I, you know, for a while I took it personally that somebody I admired in one aspect of life, uh, you know, kind of failed me in a sense in another aspect of life. And, you know, I've really, yeah. in the last 10 years, I've been able to kind of switch that and, be, and just appreciate them for what they do in one aspect of their life and not mm. punish them for the other, you know, shortcomings or failures mm. that they do. And that I just have a, I want to put, you know, for so long as a, as a kid, as a teenager and in my 20s, I wanted to put some guys on that, you know, on that pedestal of like the perfect role model. And, yeah. you know, the reality is that yeah. probably just doesn't exist, at least not in my life. And so I, I am trying to be that to my own boys, but at the same point, trying not to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, trying not to get too high on my own horse, I guess. No, that's good. So many great things there. I mean, I think, uh, you know, clearly so many men deal with similar situations, right? I mean, half of marriages fail, or at least, you know, let's not even say fail, just half end in divorce, you know, because maybe that, you know, works out somehow or whatever. But so there are plenty of dads I've spoken with on my podcast, I'm sure you as well, who come from a broken family. It could have been later in life. It could have been early in life, whatever. And so, the, you know, I'm glad that you can speak to that with authority rather than just kind of like conceptual. Um, so that's that's really cool. So I appreciate you kind of honoring us with that. And I also wonder, um, you know, that that pursuit for perfection, looking for that, that you know, perfect role model or whatever. Um, does that feel like that's a big weight on your shoulders? Like you've got to be that for your boys or is there kind of a, uh, like you've come to after a while, you're like, I'm going to have positive things. I'm going to have negative things. My boys will be in therapy. It's just a matter of like, what can I, can I uh, miniaturize the amount of sessions they need? Like, uh, how do you come at that having pursued perfection and, and search for it, but then also kind of being like, maybe it's not there. Uh, a bit of transparency that's age appropriate. Um, I'm, I'm going to be in a unique situation because I'm in the fatherhood space as a business. So I've really blended family and yeah. fatherhood where I blended, I, I blended the family aspect and the business aspect of fatherhood. And I mean, we travel, we travel on a trailer that says 100% dad on it. And you know, they always know I'm out there putting content and, and writing uh, blogs and writing content for books and doing podcasts. And so they know um, without a doubt that their dad is giving his best effort and trying to understand fatherhood. So I don't think there's really a scenario where they're going to get to their teenage years, their 20s or 30s or 40s and be like, gosh, he was such a miserable failure and he really tortured us. I think they're going to know there was there was real intention to give his best in fatherhood, um, even if it didn't come across perfectly mm. or I was mistaken in my path, that there was real, mm. there was a reason. Like I thought, going, you know, yeah. doing X, Y, Z was the best path because of these reasons. And I'm very transparent with that. Um, you know, and, and maybe it, maybe 20, 30 years from now, we learned that that was completely wrong. I don't think so. I don't think there's going to be anything that dramatic. Yeah. Um, right, I, right. There's just such transparency in the why behind I do what I do and, and why I'm so involved with them and why yeah. they are being disciplined and why they are being rewarded. Um, you know, and we, you know, I'm, I'm always trying my best to have that well-rounded relationship. They're, they're just going to have a ton of perspective that I think the people with the real scar, the, the real scars in life, um, they don't have, mm. they don't have a father that was explaining why, yeah. that he was just maybe more authoritarian right, right. or absent or neglected or withheld yep. love and attention or physical touch or words of affirmation, those kind of things. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. But a lot of those, if you when you really read into stories of those kind of things, of, of those people who have those um, childhood traumas and then go to their fathers, if they're yeah. able to later in life, you know, on the deathbeds and things like that, and they say, you know, Dad, why did you do this? They, you know, they usually had a reason. One, one of the great stories out there, I can't remember where I got it from, um, but it was a guy who really kind of withheld love and attention. He just worked really hard, but he never... I don't think he ever told his kids he loved them. Um, he never. He was always there. He just wasn't. Uh, he wasn't affectionate. He wasn't loving. He wasn't vulnerable at any yeah. level with them. And you know, when his kids were in his thirties, forties, kind of damaged from not having a father that loved him. You know, one of them came and asked him, like, "Dad, why did you like? Why can't we hug? Why can't we get? Yeah, what was up with that? Love me, like, yeah. And I think they came and said that to him, like, "I love you. I don't know why you've never said that to me." And those kind of things. And, you know, he just kind of sat there and, you know, started crying and was like, my dad died when I was 11 years old. Like, I loved him to death. He was super, like, played with me all the time, and it crushed me. And I never wanted that for you boys. You know, I, I forget what job he worked, but it had an element of danger to it. Maybe it was a firefighter or something like that. And he was like, okay, I, okay. I just knew there, I, there is very possible that I didn't come back one day. And I, I needed you guys to be able to move on and not be as crushed as I was. Wow. Super flawed. I mean, he was wrong 100%. Wow. But there was intent. Wow. There. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That explanation of the why um, kind of uh-huh. healed. Uh-huh. Not, not completely, but it really gave some healing to yeah. his wounds of, oh, there was a reason. He, care, he cared about me so much that he didn't want me to care about him. Stupid. Completely <laughs> flawed. Um, but there was a Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Yeah, you learn that there was intentionality and somehow that's kind of healing. You know, how has fatherhood for you personally evolved? The definition, I guess. I don't think I've really changed that much. I wanted to be involved. I want, you know, it's one of the reasons I wanted kids young was I wanted to play with them. I wanted to wrestle with them. I wanted to relate to them. I didn't want to be too tired uh, to engage with them. Yeah. You know, I just, and we've lived a life the whole time. I've been a small business owner since day one. You know, I started a business. Um, when my wife was like six months pregnant because, you know, I, I wanted a little bit more control over our lives and, you know, among other goals. Um, mm. And so, like, all of that was done for them. And the, we've lived this life to where when you're a small business owner, you can you can be completely consumed by the business. But if you live life right. another way, you can have a lot of freedom. Um, and so there were a lot of times growing up, even when we had the business stuff, I was there breakfast, lunch, and dinner because, you know, the warehouse was close by. I could I'd go to work at 5 a.m., come back around 8 or 9, eat breakfast. Yeah, pop over, come in. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's kind of like That's this cool. ebb and flow, and they could always yeah. come to the warehouse, come to the office to, to meet me or have lunch with me, things like that. It was kind of like just always yeah. there. Um, and I, I've, I've loved that. That's, that's been our whole life is like we're all just kind of intertwined in everything. Um, now more so than ever. I mean, now it's at an extreme level. The fact that we're in an RV and 400 square foot together all the time, one vehicle, if we're going somewhere, we're all going together. Um, and we are like on top of each other. They just left about a minute before we started this podcast, just so there was some silence in this RV. I think there's some there's some different tactics I've, uh, I've come across in the way we discipline, um, in the way we encourage, um, and how we're handling difficulties, things like that, especially in like, the marriage relationship like we've been able to evolve that mm. and we learn more and more and more and, and apply those things and we almost get better at being married you know we can get better at being a father as well um well i'm gonna let you go but before i do i always ask my dads for some dad advice 
something to encourage. I mean, this is what you guys do. You encourage and you give wisdom to dads. What is something you would say to kind of all the dads out there um, to, to give some dad advice encouragement today? Ooh, how about just something to think about? Because I was thinking about this earlier. I'm going to do a post on it. Ooh. Um, okay, I like it. Your kid's behavior is a direct reflection of your parenting. Ooh. Something to think about. Boom. Whether you like just it or not, it there. something just to think hot about. Take. Just take. <laughs> throwing it out there. Well, uh, Townsend Russell, thank you so much for attempting fatherhood. All right, I appreciate you having me on. It was fun. Yep, stay in touch. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Attempting Fatherhood. My whole hope with this is that we build a community that encourages dads and that brings new information to the table and, and gets you excited about living your life, doing what you're doing. If you have felt that way, please make sure you rate us on Spotify, on Apple. Just rate us. Give us some stars, hopefully five. And make sure you share this. That's equally important. It's a great way to build community, to share this information with other dads. You know, start a text chain, whatever. That helps us. That helps you. We grow this community and all that. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Attempting Fatherhood. Again, thank you so much. And have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.